0: chapter 3, verse 11, says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look, at us, So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, leaping up, and stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, I want you to look at this key verse, verse 11. You ready? Verse 11. Can we read this part together? Yes. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. I want to talk to you today on the subject of cling to truth. Cling to truth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for your word is life. It is everlasting. Anoint our minds, we may understand. Our ears, we may hear. Our heart, we may receive this word. Let it be revelatory to us. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for your word. Amen. I want to read this verse again. It says, now as the lame man, who we do not know his name, was healed, held on to Peter and John. Hey, uh, Brother Peter, come up here, Pastor Peter and Pastor Jeremiah. I want you to come up here and stand right here. And I want you to see these. And there is actually, we do have a Peter among us. And Pastor Jeremiah is close to John. So I am the lame, I want you to uh, uh, visualize what's happening. This lame man has been lame since his mother's, uh, when he was born, he has already been lame. He gets healed because Peter says to him uh, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And together he's walking in and John and Peter goes to the temple to pray. And this is what he does when he is in the midst of the people. The Bible says that he held on to Peter and John. Held on to Peter and John. Thank you, brothers. He held on not because he needed needed physical help. He held on not because he needed them to carry him because he was lame, because he had already been healed. And the Bible says that after he was healed, he went into the temple leaping and praising God, and people recognized, but he held on to Peter and John. And So when I read that, it, it, it just, it stuck me. And I've read this story many, 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 numerous times through my Christian life. And I was stuck on that one verse. Now as a lame man who was healed, held on. Who are you holding on to? Who are you holding on to? Who are you holding on to? And I have to talk to you a little bit about Peter. And and are you ready to go with me? We're going to go diving today, okay? So just here we go. You have to understand who Peter was. He was not a typical. Uh, When they describe about the apostles, many theologians, and even many uh, uh, mainline churches, they considered that Peter was first, because when he called the 12 disciples, Peter was first among them. Not only was Peter first among them, he was also a man uh, that was very vocal. He was uh, the one that when Jesus spoke to him, he says, who do men say that I am? And and they couldn't. They say, some say Elijah, some, some say Moses, some say great prophet. And then all of a sudden, Peter uh, uh, speaks up and he says, no, you are the Messiah. And Jesus looks at him, he goes, oh, uh, Peter, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father, through a revelation, reveals it to you. And so in the book of Matthew, when he says that, he looks at Peter and he says, upon this rock I will build my church. And it was not upon, and and now if if you are, if you understand about the uh, Roman Catholics, uh, they believe that uh, Peter was the founder of the Roman Catholic Church. He was considered the very first pope of Rome. This is church history. I'm not saying anything that's not true. The, The Roman Catholics believe that Peter was the very first pope of the Roman Catholic Church. And then succeeded him, and you can read back, was Linus. Okay? And so Peter uh, was upon, and Jesus says, he looks at Peter, John didn't reveal it, uh, uh, Matthew didn't, uh, um, James didn't, but it says Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal, but he says Peter upon this rock. And Peter's name means rock. It means solid. And Peter was very vocal. When when Jesus was going to get arrested in the garden when he was praying, remember, the very first person that took action was Peter. He cut off a man's ear. I mean, he wasn't playing. I mean, could you imagine if somebody came and arrested me, anybody going to take out a kitchen knife and cut off somebody's ear? No, that was Peter. It's like, whoop, cutting off ears. I mean, Peter was very vocal. He had a he was rough. He was. He was bold. He sometimes spoke before he thought. And and even before Jesus uh, at the last supper, he said, "Peter, you will deny me." He goes, "No, Lord, I'll die with you." No, Peter, you you're going to deny me. No, Lord. No, really, Peter. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. And, and he's like, no, I'll, I'll die with you, Jesus. No, he goes, no, you're going to deny me. And, then, and we think before that happened, we see the Garden of Eden. He's cutting off, or the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus was rested. He's cutting off years ago. Wow, he really is going to not deny Jesus. <laughs> but then a young lady looks at him and said, oh, you're, you're with him. And he goes, no, no I, don't, I don't even know him. He goes, yes, you do, and he's warming himself by the fire. He goes, no, I don't know. And then somebody said, well, no, I know you're a uh, you're from Galilee. You with him? No, I don't. And the rooster crowed, and the Bible says he he cried. Now this was Peter who walked on water while the eleven disciples stayed in the boat. This was Peter. He he was no joke. And and among the twelve there were three. It was James, John, and Peter. Among the twelve Jesus had it was james john and peter he he was on the mountain of transfiguration when he saw elijah and and moses and said oh god oh jesus we need to build three tabernacles oh this was the saint peter uh that that was called when he was on his boat and jesus says uh, i'm gonna call you become a fisher of men And he left his net and followed Jesus. This was the same one when Jesus rose from the dead that uh, he recognized Jesus and they were fishing. The Bible says that he jumped into the water and swam to the shore while the other disciples were still in the boat to visit Jesus, to be with Jesus. This was Peter who was very vocal about him. And yet we read that John, John the beloved, John the Beloved, we hardly hear him say anything. Isn't that amazing? We, we hardly hear John say anything. The only thing we read about it is he wrote the book of John and the first, second, and third John and the book of Revelation. But yet Peter was the one that was very vocal and he had a temper and we, he only wrote two books, first and second Peter. And together there are only like seven chapters so what does it mean to be held? Why does this lame man hold on to Peter? That word hold there or held means to cling, to grasp, and to realize. And, and this, this lame man, the Bible says he was lame from his mother's womb. You know what that means? That when he was already conceived, he had a problem. Oh, if, if you will help me, I'm going to help you. Oftentimes, we see this, this woman represents the church, and what I recognize is everywhere I go, that a lot of people do get born into God's family, and but the person or the, the woman that's carrying him, there was somewhere a, along the way, they were deformed, mm, and that... Oh. That somewhere along the way, many people that were birthed into the God's family somehow they could they were lame at birth. And they would told that all of their life they don't realize what it means to be free, that what it means to be able to move forward in their life. It's because oftentimes the church. Uh, uh, and I'm talking to church as whole, people are birthed in, but they are not given the things that's needed, so it caused them to be lame. The man did not have uh, 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 faculty problems in his mind. It wasn't that he was not intelligent. It wasn't that he could not see. It wasn't that he could not hear. The problem was that he could not move. He was born that way. He was Born that way. There are many people in church that was born into the body of Christ and they are lame. They are lame from their so they can never move forward. Every time they move forward, and so they are so used to being carried from one place to the other. They are so used to having everybody carry them to the church. They are so used uh, to being, everybody has to care for them. Everybody has to do. But God says that when we are grown in Christ, when we mature in Christ, we are able to feed ourselves and do ourselves. That's why it's so easy for us to settle and just be who we are. When we are settling, we are not at God's best. Because maybe somewhere along the line the church Somebody had dropped us, didn't take care of us, caused us to be lame, and here is the lame man at his mom's, in his mom's womb. The way he was born was already messed up. You know, I don't don't know what happens, but somewhere along the line that there are people that's birthed into God's kingdom into the church, they are already lame. They can never move forward. Have you ever met people like that, that they, they are willing to settle? for the second best and not God's best, and so because they're settling for second best, they never move forward beyond what they are, and constantly they're just going because they would never do anything great, they would never uh, do anything that God has called them to do. It's not that they can't think, it's not that they can't hear, it's not that they can't see, but the problem is, what their desire, it's not that he didn't have a desire to be better, he does, but his feet was lame, because his feet was lame, he could not move forward in the destiny God has, and what I recognize in my world travel is that the church as we somewhere along the line people that's been birthed into the kingdom of God has been dropped and they have been birthed and there is a physical or a spiritual lameness to their life and just like this man he was so lame that he's so used to being at the gate beautiful but never being able to be like others where he can praise and leap and glorify God. Yeah, that people would walk by him and he's and they get so used and they settle in being second. Oh man. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. See Every day, people carried him to the gate. So he went to church, not like you and me, once a week, and we think we're doing something. He went to church every day. He was at the, the gate beautiful every day. Every, how we know that is he was there so much that when he walked into the temple, everybody knew who he was. That's what's amazing to me because if you realize the temple, how people, hundreds if not thousands of people would go to the temple every day, every day. And this guy was there every day where people would know him and recognize they weren't even shocked. It was him. What they were shocked about was when he was jumping up and down and say, you're not lame anymore. How did that happen? Could you imagine, I don't know how old, the Bible says there was a lame man, so obviously he was not a child. Could you imagine living until you're 30 years old and never been able to move? Could you imagine living a spiritual life in God and you've been saved for 30 years and never been able to move? Can you imagine this man that, 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 that every day went to church, every day went to church, but never really got into the church? That, that, they, that he knew all the hymns, he knew all the words, he knew all the psalms, he knew all the, the commandments, but he was never inside, he was always outside. And that's what happened to most of us, is because when we get further into God, there has to be a change. There has to be a change. And so one day a man of God named Peter, a man of God named John came up to them, and I'm going to show you what John, Peter and John was to him. What he's saying, look upon us. Did you know that there gets to a point in our life that we are so used to settling that we won't even be able to lift up our eyes? Because we're so used to being beat down. Get tired of believing. Get tired of believing God for a miracle. Get tired of believing. We'll settle in church when the President of the Lord isn't there. We're, we're just there. You know that he never felt the President of the Lord because he was at the gate, but he was never inside. We're so used to just saying, well, that's just how I am. That's just how my marriage is. That's just how I am. And so you get tired of fighting and believing God for miracles. That's why most people would go to church. That's lame. Most people go to listen to sermons. That's lame. Most people go to Bible study. That's lame. Most people go do things. That's lame. Because how you know is because if if it isn't lame, then why are you still in the same place? Oh, oh. Why, why, why are you still in the same place? Why, why is it 365 days later you're still in the same place, year in, year out, decade in, decade out? It's because why you've never been able to move forward is because you're never able to lift up your spiritual eyes and look upon the one that carried the anointing and the presence of God. I often wonder, I said, God, I don't ever want to be like him where I can't look up and believe God for a miracle from my own life. And that will settle. And say, well, that's how I grew up. Oh, that's my environment. That's how this is. And now, you brothers and sisters, I have to tell you that my life and my family life wasn't all that. We didn't have anybody going all the way back on my father or my mother's side that were even Christian all the way back to China. No one in my family tree. And not only that, everything was against us. We moved to this country when I was a little boy that no one that we lived in in the same little town that we were that had one family that kind of looked like us. We had to learn a different language, a different culture. Everything is against you. But what I realized is this, that everything that is around you has nothing to do with what's in you. For he that is in you is greater than him that is in the world. And so here, this guy, every day, people know him. He is at the gate beautiful. He's at the church, but he never was able to enter in. Brothers and sisters, it's not enough just to be a Christian on the outward. It has to be a Christian on the inward. That there has to be a life change. How long are you just going to go and through the motion and Beg little. There's many people that go to church. If I could just get a little word, pastor. If I can get a little word, teacher. If I can just get a word. No. How about being the one that brings the word and b- deliver people out of bondage? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I, I want to raise, you know, God, people are asking me, pastor, what is your vision? I say, I want to raise up the next generation of leaders, not just to because of the lead. I want to raise up the next generation that when you can walk into a place and the atmosphere change. The atmosphere, when people hear you, you open your mouth, things begin to happen. Everywhere I go, I I tell in my mind, I say, God, everywhere I want to go, every place you put me, I want to affect that environment. I want to walk into this conference. I want to walk into a place, and it changes. When people are looking at you on your job, does it change your environment because you're there? Or is it just the same old? I'm amazed that this story in the book of Acts that Peter said, hey, man, look at us. And this guy was so beaten down, he doesn't even look up because he's used to people kicking dirt in his face. He's used to people saying, you know what, you're cursed. Uh, He's used to saying, you'll never go to the inside. You'll never be part of the inner group. God can't use you. God can't do anything. And he's so used to just, and I'm not saying that's wrong because I've been there where people needed to help me and you should receive that. But what I'm saying is when God comes in your life, I'm talking about a spiritual truth, that he says, look up, and he said, look at us, and we're gonna tell you that in the name of Jesus, God's about to do something for you. But sometimes we are so used and we get beat down that we don't believe that God does miracles anymore. Has anyone here ever really witnessed a genuine miracle? Don't have to answer that, I have, many, many times. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs, blind eyes open, deaf ears, I've seen legs grow out, one that was born shorter than the other and just grow out, I mean, right in front of me. I mean, I've seen all that, you know? And why would we settle for just religion? Mm -hmm. And so, you know what the name John means? John means Jehovah is a gracious giver. Hmm. And so, when the man that was healed, he was no longer lame. The Bible says that he held on to Peter you know what? he just clung to them and that made me think could you imagine that this man that had been lame since he was a baby would one day get up and walk himself into the temple and year in and year out he was sitting at the gate hearing people talk about God talk about miracles not only that he heard about Jesus And he heard how Jesus rose from the dead. He heard how he fed the 5,000. He heard how he walked on water. And here comes Peter and John. And he didn't recognize him until they said, look at us. And the Bible says that he held on to Peter and John. Who are you holding on to? You know what John means? It means gracious giver. You know what Peter means? It means the rock upon this Rock, I will build my church. It represents two things. It represents that people that when we come and God does things in our life, hold on to the gospel. Hold on to the rock, which is the church. Hold on uh, to, to, to Peter, who was the one that that spoke and, and preached the sermon when the day of Pentecost came and 3,000 were added to the church. It wasn't John that spoke. It wasn't James that spoke. It wasn't Matthew that spoke. It wasn't Thomas that spoke. It was Peter that spoke, and 3,000 came that day. It was Peter that spoke to this lame man, hold on to where you could get your your uh, word from, you know, uh, where you could get the truth from, and the second thing is hold on to love, that's what John represents, that it is his grace, for God so loved the world, and so this man recognized that I got to have uh, uh, the truth and the word of God, and the other thing is I have to have love, and what does that represent? It represents that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and it says this, in First 1 John 4, 9, it says, in this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might, we might through him live. Yes. Brothers and sisters, who are we holding on to? Oftentimes we hold on to programs. We hold on to good sayings and wise sayings. But are we really holding on to the church you know I, I hear people all the time They say oh I can have church at my home I said but but then but that's possible but then he says upon this rock I will build my church he, he gave the church as the vehicle whereby we can get truth why would he do that why wouldn't he just say you know what as long as you got me you can just you know you don't have to congregate but the Bible says that you're supposed to come together you know, that uh, I, I realize that the church is not perfect, but why? how come we wouldn't come together and help each other? Yesterday was awesome. That is, the, that is the view of the church, is everybody coming together, having a good time, having a seat, breaking bread, and come together and commune. Brothers and sisters, the reason why he held on is because he realized that he heard enough word, but he didn't have enough relationship. And see, Peter and John represented people that he can actually touch and not just words. Mm, Because people say, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, Jehovah be with you, but there was no relationship. When Peter says, look upon me, look upon us, he represents you about to enter into a relationship with an all true and living God. See, it wasn't just here, let me help you, let me help you. No, it's time to get into a relationship with God. The reason why he held on to Peter and John is because it represented connection with real believers. See, he wasn't connected with just the needs of his life and the poverty and the brokenness and the lameness and the money that people just throw. But he's like, man, when he held on to Peter and John, he goes, these are my guys. I want to be in relationship with true people of God. Oh, Oh, man. And see, oftentimes we just go to church because that's something to do, but God is not interested in you going to church, just something to do. God's interested in bringing you from a spiritual uh, 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 lameness into a place where you can affect change. See, this guy went from nothing to something in a moment. Could you imagine that? One day you go to church and boom, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk and boom, he affected the whole temple. I mean, just affected the whole temple. Think about that for a minute. From a zero to a hero. Right? That's, that's what happened. The Bible don't even give them a name. They just call them lame. I'm glad they, they added the E because if they didn't, it'd be my name and it wouldn't be good. I'm like, Lord, that's not funny. I I get you, but that's not funny. Y'all laughing. But why would he hold on to Peter? And the Bible says when you follow that word held in in the Greek there, it means to cling. Brother and sister, you and I, we need to cling to godly people. You need to cling to people that give you life. Oh, my God. You need to cling to those that's going to bring you to a place that's better than where you are. Sometimes it's easy. I don't need that. I don't need it. No, you need to cling to people that have set you free. It's so easy to walk away when you get your miracle. It's so easy just to walk away and say, you know what? I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be with Pastor LT. Uh, You know what? He challenges me too much. You know what? This man just said, no, I'm going to cling to those that's bringing me from where I was as a zero. Now I am a hero and I'm about to affect things that the curses that came with my life life is no longer attached to me, I am going to affect those around me, and by my life, people would recognize that God still does miracles. See, it's not enough to hear the word. It's more important that the word becomes life in you and that you begin to change those around. Forget where you started. It is where you end up that is most important. because easily he couldn't have gone back and just says, wow, I got my miracle, and gone back to begging because it would have been easier. Mm. See, God is not interested in us just sitting there. You know, I I, I was in Arizona. I got a, a pastor friend, brothers, and, you know, his whole family, but he told me that his maternal grandfather... I want you to listen to this. Maternal grandfather was the very first Vietnamese martyr. I never even knew we had martyrs. That his grandfather, his maternal grandfather, his mother's dad and mother and uncle, his uncle would be uncle, they were chopped into pieces in Vietnam. And, you know, he was the first Vietnamese pastor to be martyred. This is back in the 1940s. And, man, I sat there and I just wept. I said, oh, my God, I didn't even know. We hear about martyrs, but I didn't know there was actually people that are of Vietnamese blood that was martyred. That was his grandfather. That, That they told him, you need to leave this place, this village. And he goes, how can I leave my sheep? And so because he didn't leave, they chopped him and his wife and his son into pieces. And I thought to myself, and my friend sat there and he was sharing this and he, he said, I don't believe, listen to this, he goes, I don't believe that God, uh, God allowed people beat him, Jesus, beat him, put a crown of thorn upon his head, plucked his beard, got crucified on the cross so you and I can have a good job. Oh, brothers and sisters, I encourage you, don't live your life and just say, you know what, Lord, I live this so I can have a good job. And that's great. That's part of being a Christian. But brothers and sisters, how invaluable that would be if that's all he died for is for you and me to have a good job and have a good living and have a good life and not affect anybody, right? I'm challenging you this morning. I know this isn't one of those, but I challenge you. Think about it. You don't, You think that his death is just for that? And I thought to myself, how much more we need to cling on to people that give us life. This man clung to the truth. The truth what? That Jesus still, God still does miracles. The truth what? That in, in upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, this Bible, this word, this revelation. And that, that nothing else matters. He says that faith, hope and love, but greatest of it all is love. Learn to love, learn to hold on to love, learn to love people, learn to connect with them. You know what? It's great that you live a good life and that's, what our, that's the goodness of God. But brothers and sisters, uh, make sure that we are connected to people that give life. Do not just hang out and cling to things that bring you down. And I know we and I, you and I have to be the light in this dark world, but make sure that when we are trying to be that we don't lose the connection we have with people that bring us life. You know, there there are many of you in this church that I hold on to. You don't realize it because I'm not really, you know. But I like spending time with you. I like being around you. It gives me life, and I want to inspire. You know, you're like, but pastor, who am I? No, 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 when I see you, you bring me life because there's different aspects of your life that encourages me. So who are you holding on to that gives you life? If you hold on to the things of this world, it's going to bring you to the place of death. See, this man held on to religious words every day. Could you imagine going to church every day? Think about that for a minute. I mean, I love church. You know, my wife said, honey, I, you know, Lou, my wife says, honey, I know you could be in church every day. And I said, yeah, and twice on Sundays. I love the church. I love being in church. I love church people and all that. He goes, but you imagine this guy's been to church every day. Every day people are carrying him to the cake called Beautiful. Every day. So he's heard the, the teachers. He's heard the Lord. He's heard people discussion while they're giving him alms. But what he didn't get was really true relationship. Right. Because people don't value him. They value their rituals. See, excellence, sometimes people value the process of excellence, but they never value the people. Don't ever allow process to supersede people. Now, remember that, I remind you of that story about that happened on the, uh, the major airlines. Remember when they pulled that doctor out and broke his teeth and everything, and the CEO of the airline kept saying, but we kept our process good. Yeah, you broke the man's teeth. The Man, it was like 60-something. Really? The process matters after he's bleeding? See, you, you have to understand that, that being connected to people, sometimes that's what brings people life more than just the process of being excellent. Right. I'm going to end it with this, brothers and sisters. couple questions. Who are you clinging on to that gives you life? It, who is it? What are you clinging on that moves you forward to worship and to magnify? Three, are you settling? It's okay to go through religious rituals and motion and not really believe that God still does miracles. And I challenge you with this, that this week, this next month, as we enter into April, we're going to celebrate the greatest miracle of all is that someone who had died rose again. You know there has been other gods that have come through this world. But there has never been a god that have been defeated death. And that god is the one we worship named Jesus. Because if he didn't rise again, you and I can never rise again. You and I can you and I would still be lame. You and I could would still be in pain. You and I will still be overlooked yes. and afterthought. You and I will still walk around with our head down and not look up and say, I'm the king's kid. Yes. You see, when you cling to the truth, when you cling to Jesus, when you cling to those that God has inst- empowered that gives you life, cling on to Peter and John, S- cling on to the solid rock cling on to love and grace. It's because that's what will get you through when you're going through. What you're clinging on to? What are you holding on to? It's easy to settle and say, you know, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to be moved, but as a pastor, my job is to inspire you to be your best, because God wants you and made you his best. You know, oftentimes we, older people I talk to and they would think and said, you know, their life is, they've lived their life. And, but if God still has you on this earth and your purpose is not done, you know, tomorrow I will be going to a funeral of one of our church friends here. His mother had passed, Bishop Gershon. Many of you know him. He's preached at this pulpit. His mother has passed, and one of the greatest thing, and I saw her in January, and she was frail. And I came up to her, I said, Mama, I said, look at your children, look at your son, look at your daughter. They're both in the ministry, they're pastoring. Churches, your son is pastoring a great church, your daughter is married to a pastor, your grandkids are in the ministry. I mean, I, I was at their, uh, her daughter's church, and Pastor Tim is her son in law, and I see his, his girls up there, her granddaughters playing music and singing before the Lord. And I remember sitting there, and I, I said, Mama, you, you did. He goes, You know what? It's your generation now. She said, I've fought everything, I've taught everything. And he goes, I've given everything so that you guys can run the race further. And I thought, man, what a legacy of faith. Brothers and sisters, cling on to truth. Don't give up. Hold on to what gives you life, because only in Jesus will give you life. Let us stand. Peter, John. Peter the rock, the, representing the word, the gospel that never changes. For he says, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word is forever. Brothers and sisters, when you can build your life upon this rock, this word, that never changes, and you could do it and feel the love of God, the gracious God. John represented the love, the grace. He was the only dis- apostle of Jesus that died a natural death. He wasn't crucified, he wasn't beheaded, he wasn't stoned, he lived a natural life. And he wrote the book of Revelation, the book of John. He wrote the first, second, and third John. It was continual. God's grace was upon his life. You know, I don't know where you are in your walk, those that are watching us. I don't know what you're doing, but sometimes we're clinging because we are just needing something. But God says, cling to truth, cling to him. Hold on to what's true. Hold on to what gives you life. Hold on to the love. Be connected to people that will bring you into a deeper relationship with me. Did you know that he went into this lame man when he was healed? went into the temple, not by himself, he went with Peter and John. Get with people that bring you deeper. Get with people that bring you a deeper walk with Jesus. Don't just settle and say, I'm good, but get from the outside in the inside and have a deeper walk with Jesus. Let me pray for you. The altar is open as they sing this song. This afternoon, if you feel that God is touching your heart, and say, Pastor, I need to get connected more. I need to go deeper in the Lord. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and say, you know, that's me, that's me, amen. That's me, that's me, yes, that's me. I want to get deeper in him and not just go through the motion, get deeper in him. Heavenly Father, you see the hands and those that are watching us via the internet, Lord, I pray for them that they would be connected to truth. They would be connected to those that give them life. That would bring them into a deeper understanding. That would bring them deeper into you, oh God. No matter how they started, maybe they were birthed with some ailments into the spirit. But God, when there is life that is in you, things change. So, Lord, I pray over them. Let them have the desires of their heart to walk deeper in you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The altar is open as you come. Come to the altar. God bless you as they sing this song. Go in the peace of God. And we see you soon. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. love is there.